0: Welcome to this edition of All Elite Geekly. Yes, that is the name of the show. Why? Well, because we love rambling a lot about, well, a lot of geeky things here on the show. And then eventually, eventually, we'll talk about some AEW Dynamite. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and I am joined by Dax Xavier, Josiah Dax. How goes? It goes
1: great. It is dim and damp here in Philadelphia, and, uh... I can't. I don't know what it is over there in Toronto, but man, it is like this is a good day to just like this is one of those drink soup days, just chill, do nothing type of days right now.
0: Watch prices right, Ricky oh,
1: Lake. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking about the rerun Bob Barker versions.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The girls, the girls are this. still hot during it. One hundred percent. Um, yeah, man. No, honestly, it's been much of the same here. Yesterday, it was like some Silent Hill fog because it was, like, positive (laughs) weather. uh, Right. And there's still, like, snow and ice, so it just created this, like, Silent Hill effect outside (laughs) that looks awesome. The fog and all that stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And today's just raining, I think. I don't even, honestly, haven't even looked outside. You need to just look out the window. (laughs) Like, what's the point? There are days when I'm, like, busy. Like, super busy. Super busy where I don't look out the window until, like, 5 6 p.m. and even then it's like mm-hmm. dark by that point at this at this time of the year but like yeah when i'm when i'm heads down i'm heads down
1: and even even crazier here in i don't know what it's going to be temperature wise over there but like it's supposed to be 60 degrees this week what the-
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: like it, we had a we had a, like a three inches we had three inches of uh snow and now it's just pretty much gone i just took my dog out real quick before we started and i was like where the hell <laughs> where is everything i always forget
0: you have a dog
1: yeah well actually the dog has his own w-2 form as well he goes out and helps train other dogs throughout the day. <laughs> Amazing. like people that's that's legit that's that's a shoot like i love it i love my, that my wife is a dog trainer and he is the dog helper he's the like the head dog in charge and he you know he leads
0: by example <laughs> that's that's amazing uh this is pretty dope say, it's gonna be 60 <laughs> degrees here ah, no nah, it's not gonna be as as uh as nice but uh you know we're, we're it's it won't be horrible it won't be horrible it'll be like 43 44 right yeah i mean i mean what a weekend
1: to have to be like nice to be you know spring ash yeah at best
0: like this is rumble weekend this is huge It is. This is going to be a huge weekend. And as such here on Sunday night's main event, it is going to be a huge weekend for us. It is the Royal Rumble this Saturday. Unlike what Gunther thinks it is this Saturday, not this Sunday. (laughs) Um, Did you see his tweet about that? No, I didn't see. He replied. What did you say? Okay. So uh, he (laughs) essentially said, I will win the Rumble 2 a.m. Central European time on Sunday. (laughs) He
1: is awesome. He is awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. It is so freaking good. I laughed when I saw that. Like ah, you know that is
1: that is great. Quick thinking.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's on X. Hold on, I'll 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 show it to you. But yeah, this Saturday, it is the Royal Rumble, and as such, couple things are happening here on SNME. First off, we have. I'm going to be watching the show At a bar, downtown Toronto So if you're in downtown Toronto Go over to Peaches Sports Bar It's in Parkdale-ish a uh, nice little sports bar uh they show tons of sports always sports on the big screens and they are home to wrestling here in Toronto they show a lot of AEW events they show a lot of WWE events and well we're we're seeing how things go uh looks like I will be doing the after party from Peach's Sports Bar uh so that'll be interesting uh so I, we'll, I used to love going to sports bars to watch you know all combat sports
1: like yep It is so much great energy. Um, Wrestling is always fun, but UFC, like MMA was really intense, especially during the Brock Lesnar days. But like we had Fox and a Hound up here at the time. But I look, I recommend everybody. You can't mess. You can't go wrong. You'll meet some new people. You'll have a lot of fun. It's a no
0: brainer. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Uh, they, they'll have prizes. Cosplay is encouraged. You'll meet wrestling fans around the city. Uh, the other bar, Gabby's, is already sold out. So, hey, if you want to watch with a lot of people uh, and, um, yeah, have a chat with me or punch me in the face, whichever you want, whichever gets you there. <laughs> come to Peach's Sports Bar and have a blast. Should be a very good time. Should be a very good time. And like Dax was just saying, I remember watching Brock's debut. Uh, When he when he lost, uh, I forget what bar I was at, but it was just—I've never seen a collection of Ed Hardy shirts because that's what Ed Hardy (laughs) was like. You know the he was awesome. Yeah, Yeah. Hardy was awesome at the time, man. I loved him. (laughs) Yeah, so it's gonna be a good time. So yeah, so Pizza Sports Bar, watch the show, stay because SNME is in fact having an after party after Royal Rumble and Dax. You're going to be co-hosting your first after party.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to the idea of not only just hosting the after uh, co-hosting the after party, but also just involved in a WWE affair that, you know, almost a decade going back into this whole thing. So this is like, it's weird. (laughs) It is. It is so weird, but this is such a good time to be a fan right now. (laughs)
0: it really is it honestly really is right like the company is changing the company culture is changing it's not a perfect company good luck trying to find that uh but that you 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 held out a lot more than a lot of people and you're a perfect example i didn't think
1: i was gonna be alive (laughs) i didn't either
0: i didn't either to be honest like (laughs) i thought
1: i thought he was gonna outlive us
0: (laughs) exactly that's exactly it but here we are You know, change is a common, change is happening. Um, It's continuing and rapidly. You know, let's quickly touch on that Netflix deal. Five billion dollars. It can go anywhere from five to 20 years. So it's a 10 year deal base. But Netflix has the option to cut the deal after five years. They also have the option to extend it another 10 years.
1: I love that. That was very smart because I don't believe uh, NBC Universal did that. No. Nor Fox. No. And during the time when Vince was running it, they said that they were going to do this and end up doing that. Yeah. Upon getting the contract. So, you know, Netflix is using critical thinking right now, even though I trust the new regime right now. I have a little bit more faith in the new regime than the, than the old. Yep. Um, but, it, you know, it's unfortunate that they have that type of deal, but it's also great that they have that type of deal. Here's
0: the it, like the the landscape of not only wrestling, TV, but sports is changing with this. What did I say yeah. with Chris Van Vliet and also on other podcasts? I said mm-hmm. WWE is going to go streaming. WWE is ahead of its time. Remember the network? Yeah. The network launched in the bur like the, in the early days of streaming. WWE is yeah. always ahead of technology. And they've been around rascals, bite this. Yeah. <laughs> They've been doing this bite this. Like, come on. <laughs> the way, remember how WWE used to embrace their app for commercial yeah. breaks and post and pre stuff. Mm-hmm. This was inevitable, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Chris Van Vleen and I talked about it, and and even he like we. There's a lot of questions still to be asked, but I think we're getting a clear picture. So essentially, outside of the USA, uh, Netflix is the home of WWE, including PLE. Ease it looks like the network is shuttering. Um And a lot of yeah. people are like Why would that happen people don't realize The money it costs To run a yeah. streaming service Yeah
1: It's so easy to just, It's so easy to just assume <laughs> yeah. Until you re- Like anything and, and and there's There's a high assumption rate Among social media among You know coaches around the world on what They think things happen until they Actually do it Yeah, It is such a different contrast of mindsets
0: This is why AEW is not touching A streaming service right like this is why they're Going to do they're going to partner with Someone like a WB Discovery to Host and house things because it's Just not if you're not a Tech company you Don't know what you're getting yourselves into and I can tell you This as a fact because When WWE started that work I did apply for a job and have an interview At WWE for their For that new tech division in Greenwich yeah, it was in Greenwich, Oof. and you can tell okay. they had no idea what they were looking for in any in 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 a platform or in yeah. personnel. Mm. So, at the time, at the time, <laughs> at the time. But yeah, um, well, that and the fact that you were going to be a contract employee. So <laughs> yeah, okay. please don't don't don't. I,
1: I hope that's another change that is something to happen down the line as well. But you know. Slowly but surely, things are. <laughs> every week, every week since I started, since January first, I'm seeing so many changes. And can we talk about the even bigger one?
0: Yes. Dwayne the Rock Johnson is TKO's new board of directors. Just because you said the Rock, the Rock gained five cents. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, right. How about that? Um, jeez. I mean, if ever a change, like, all right, Vince Tech leaving, that's one thing. Still didn't believe it. Kevin Dunn leaving, I was like, okay, now that's something. Dwayne Johnson working in the board of directors. I can't, you can't understand the the, the level of deepness that is. (laughs) And, And since we talked about that real quick. Did you ever get a chance to research anything? I was l- did that's you-
0: literally my question to you.
1: <laughs> I okay, didn't. Uh, not yet. Not yet. I did not either. But that's every time I mention it to somebody, like everybody just stops and we're like, you know what? I don't think I don't know. <laughs> but what we're talking about people, is basically, and it's probably it probably is like one or two that may have been possibly. I'm not sure, but we were talking because Dwayne is not white <laughs> by any stretch. Um, he is half Samoan, half black. And this kind of leads me to wonder, and Boris to wonder, like, is he the first person of color ever in the board of directors of anything in revol- uh, involving WWE? And we had to think about that for a minute. And I'm like, we we got to research that. We really should research that. Yeah. Because this alone is, I mean, yeah, it's The Rock. And he has a lot of stake in it. But there's a significant factor that means a lot. And I people can argue me this. I don't think this would ever happen if Vince was still around. <sighs>
0: Considering that you know The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and Vince McMahon, WWE were fighting over the usage of The Rock, just goes to show yeah. you. And it seems, I, I'm, for lack of for just for 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 the lack of a better term to say it, I'm just gonna say they willy nilly gave The Rock his name back. Right? Mm-hmm. Sure there was a lot of negotiation. That was part of the term. Oh yeah, yeah, et yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact that The Rock got The Rock back. To me, that signifies a lot of things, right? And yep. that's, to me, a huge sign to other wrestlers as it pertains to ownership and rights of their yep.
1: games. And he may have, I mean, but that's one of the significant things that I'm talking about. Like, they, you know, he may be able to put his two cents in. he may have some influence in a lot of what could happen in the future for a lot of people, for a lot of reasons, for a lot of things.
0: Yep. This is extremely huge. Yeah, right? So the rock is on the He's directors. getting like 30
1: 30 million uh in
0: stock too. Whew, yeah, 30 my million God. in stock. Just 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 the measly.
1: Just a measly. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. In somebody, somebody actually said that um he's self-made. I would highly disagree with that. Um, can we not give credit to uh his ex-wife Danny? Right. <laughs> okay. Um, it, he will he has he does it all the time. He he wrote it in his books, he said it in interviews, he put it on young rock. That woman
0: is a powerhouse. And I'm pretty sure she was working with him on this. You know who the unsung hero Yeah, exactly, because she's still is she still head of his media company? They still work together. You know who the unsung hero in The Rock success is? And I've always said this. Who's this? Brian Gurowitz. Never thought I never thought about that. Never thought about that. And he does mention him. Yeah, he mentions them. Oh, he mentions them. But it's yeah. you know yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's 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 crazy where we're at now you know with WWE going to Netflix, um, you know this, oh by this the way, way is, doesn't that doesn't
1: that include the, the Canadian uh, Canada gets the entire network right that's entire, what I'm hearing
0: the entire library like the, uh, we're network.
1: talking like the you know all the entire library of other um, territories as well yep. Yep. like all that's migrating over to you guys because we still got it in um, Peacock, Peacock right now twenty
0: twenty six. Yeah, so I'm doing a lot of research on this. I'm actually, Dax. You know what I've done to myself? Was that I've been not reading. getting sleepless as that? What? Well, that <laughs> I've been reading SEC filings to understand the full story. It
1: respect respect because guess what? One, you're reading more than a paragraph or a headline. <laughs> Credit to that. And two, I mean, that's what you should be doing: researching, not just because you're in you know the media world, but just in general, like you're interested, yeah. Of the so of this industry, you're a fan of this industry. You
0: dig deep. We're gonna be talking tons about that this Sunday on the main show, and I am joined for the full hour by Chris Van Vliet, and we have so Oof. much to chat about. He's like he's been so busy. That's why he's not oh, on the show yes. each and every single week anymore. He's been just so busy uh, doing his own thing. He travels a lot, and let's be honest, he has a little girl. Uh, like he sometimes, he, dude. Did did I tell you that he took time away from his um anniversary to come on the show?
1: That's bless him. Great? Right? Bless him. I, so I respect it because I've done stuff like that myself. Um and and credit to his family yeah. for letting him do that because it takes a village to support each other and do stuff like that and you know we can't just say it's his decision. That was their decision and exactly. they let it. So Trust, you know, shout out to them for that, too.
0: Yep. Um, so, Chris manley we're going to be talking about Patrick Clark. We're going to be talking about Royal Rumble because he will be at the Royal Rumble. So we're going to mm-hmm. be getting the inside look at that. We're obviously going to be talking about the Netflix deal and yeah. so much to chat about. And obviously, oh. we're going to talk about the repercussions that this Netflix yeah. deal has, because like I was about to say, you know, it's kind of funny if when you were when when, you know, the way that Tony Khan was talking about his relationship with WB Discovery, it changed a lot over the past few weeks. He went from it's good. It's great to everyone talks. Everyone has everyone talks with everyone. <laughs> to, he's kind of like, I'm not sure what the future holds, but I'm sure he breathed a sigh of relief because when he does, got when you get when his news got out. Yep. <laughs> Having said that the NBA still plays a huge factor to WB discovery and how they feel about live sports. I think that if they, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. There's only so much money. Uh, WB discovery has given so much money to the NHL. Do they want to continue to invest in the NBA? Does that mean that they will continue to invest in AEW? All signs point to yes, But stranger things have happened, right? Like priorities, especially this day and age, can change within overnight. So we'll see what happens. But this does at least open the door for WB Discovery and AEW to continue their partnership, the relationship, whatever it is. And hopefully, like I really do hope that this does open the door for AEW to simulcast on Max or whatever, whatever, whatever streaming service they choose.
1: And I will say, we're going to continue to possibly lace this into our review. Because this week's news, I think, may have had a may have played a factor.
0: I think it deflated <laughs> watched a lot last night. of things. Yeah. Whew, what an we'll episode. get to that point. We'll get to that point when the time comes. Yep. Yep. Just got to keep an eye on the clock because uh, we're right in the middle of the workday and we all have stuff to do. Um, yeah. What was I going to say? What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So... We're gonna chat. Look, we are actually talking wrestling. Good for us.
2: At the beginning
0: That's of the show. Barry Horowitz ourselves. <laughs> he gave him Barry Horowitz. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, let's talk about the interview that you had earlier this week because it was it's it's. I didn't even know that a new Contra game was coming out uh-huh. until like uh-huh. until like a week ago. just on the prize,
1: people. But um, I have a. Pretty good relationship with the. I'm not sounding like Tony Khan right now. By the way, <laughs> next week I'm play. Like, it's okay. No. <laughs> no, I got a pretty good um, relationship with the guys uh, from the from the uh, developers group known as uh, Way Forward Technologies. They, you guys may have recognized them in some games. If you're a hardcore gamer, you may know them from games like DuckTales Remastered which really put them on a, on a map because that's one of the greatest cult classics ever. And they remade it and made it a masterpiece out of that. Um,
0: river city girls do the same with yeah. the Chippendale rescue Rangers.
1: I Everybody, when they did, when they did DuckTales, everybody wanted just them to do the entire lineup, but they've worked with other companies doing other projects too. And Konami is just one of them, but um, you know, river city girls is another hit that they've done uh, Shanti is a classic series that they work on as well. And I had the chance to, you know, interview a lot of those guys from there. So I brought one, one of the guys back because, yes, they are working with Konami to bring back a new Contra game coming between Q1 or Q2. We, um, it's, they, he just said it was coming soon. But um, I talked with the director of the new Contra game entitled uh, Operation Kaluga, uh, Galuga or Contra OG, I, I saw what they did there, and basically, uh, Tom Hewlett is the director. He's also worked with Konami in the past for some uh, for Contra Four, as well as some other uh, Konami uh, games that he worked on. And we got to talk about what to expect from the upcoming game. Um, Twenty-two minute interview, really fun, um, and I'm excited. I'm I I love what they did with this game. You can see the trailer to this and you'll see uh we got clips of the video uh on the video version we got clips of it and screenshots of things on there that you're expecting in there but it looks beautiful and he he is looking forward to us playing it because it, it's going to give us the nostalgia that we need but also something that will allow new players to enjoy it as well so it's coming out very soon and uh to me WayForward has not done a bad game when it comes to retro games They know how to master it. They really know how to hit home with it. And uh, one of my favorite companies right
0: now. See, this game, I'm watching the trailer as you were talking. Um, Beautiful, isn't it? it, it, To me, this is exactly what you needed because the last few Contra games has changed what made Contra special. And that was the 2D impossibleness. Um, Yeah, of Contra, but still making it possible to finish. I think that oftentimes when they do, when they make these two D remakes, they make them so hard that it's they're not even fun anymore, right? But and we talked about that.
1: I'm glad it's funny you mentioned that because we that was one of my things that we talked about, and I have this ongoing conversation about how we should play games and stuff. So we talk about you know his philosophy on making a game fun, but also challenging, but not too challenging or making it for making you for like a la Elden ring or, you know, dark souls, making it, you forcing you to play it their way. Yeah. And I get a chance to really enjoy it. So we cover a lot of that and, and much much more in there so I definitely highly check uh, recommend checking it out so so on TalkTime live right now uh, TalkTimeLive.com, I should say and the exclusive page uh, right up the top latest episode is also on audio as well you could you know check it out on the road or in the office right now too uh, just my first uh, 2024 and uh, there's maybe some few other uh, developers coming soon too.
0: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it's in my queue. I was kind of hoping to listen to it last night, but I just got so busy rocking out to the Ghostbusters 2 soundtrack while I was doing the slam <laughs> report for Dynamite that uh, by the time I was done, I was just like, eh, I'm too tired. And I like paying attention to these interviews. Like, it's, right. it's You do such an awesome job, man. Like, you ask the right questions because you can tell that you have, have a passion for this stuff mm-hmm. um and and yeah it's it's good stuff i always like he
1: it. did enjoy one of the questions i gave him too so he, he, i love hitting i love hitting people with questions they don't expect because yep. you know they, they probably hear people you know they probably get interviewed by people all the time and so a lot of times it could be some of the same questions or whatnot so i love hitting them with a question that just like oh that's a good one let me think mm-hmm. about that for a minute <laughs> i love that i love that
0: All right, what else has happened in the world of gaming, comics, anime? Uh, Well,
1: I just basically um, finished playing, uh, I reviewed that last week, uh, Prince of Persia. Oh, yeah. And they lost Crown. Have you played um, Metroid Dread? No. Okay, if anybody played Metroid Dread and really enjoyed that game, you're going to enjoy this probably even more. Um, This was just a... Fantastic game. Um, I did a full review on it, but like this was one of the first A plus games that I gave this year. Um, It is if you like that Castlevania, um, you know the uh, the Metroidvania style gameplay. This gives it to you, but it also gives you like a dragon. It's Prince of Persia meets Dragon Balls meets you know Marvel (laughs) in a lot of ways. They added some really awesome stuff to this, and and the uh, protagonist Sargon is just he he's probably one of my favorite. Prince of Persia main characters ever. Like what they did with this game was just it, it was just fantastic. The audio, the uh, the audio and and voice acting is great. the um, the The landscape of the map is just beautiful. The stage designs, the map designs, everything is just so well done. And they just used used the, use the um, Metroid, Castlevania template and put their spin on it beautifully. Uh, you know, Ubisoft has gotten some heat for some stuff that one of the guys have said recently, but Look, one, you do own this game. I can't speak for future games, but this one, this one's a must. This one's a must play, and it, it probably may is there's a possibility if we're not if it doesn't get forgotten because it's so early in the year, yeah. it may actually get um a nod, a nod for a uh, game of the year or or some category.
0: Very cool. Very cool. All right, but we're praising one more thing video we... games right now. Oh, hold on. Yeah. It, it, oh, go it, ahead. It, go ahead. I think you already <laughs> reading me. We're Hit praising it. video games right now. There's a game uh-huh. coming out in five days that we have to talk about. Um, oh. I kind of feel like we like like I, I'm so torn on this game for so many reasons. What's Kill the Justice League.
1: Ah, that wasn't the game I thought you were going to talk about. But yeah, um, I'm telling you right now. I'm not buying it.
0: You're not. Bu- I, that was my first question.
1: Not, Suicide Squad. Oop. Kill the Justice I, but, League. Here's the thing. Not because I played the I played the debate the and enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. This is a this is once again a full protest on my behalf because I'm not playing another Marvel Avengers live service type of experience. They claimed that this game will eventually have offline mode. This is not because I don't have strong enough bandwidth. I have huge bandwidth. I got big cojones of bandwidth, but it's just a matter of like I don't want to. First of all, for those. Again, the say the old saying: "Those who forget the past are doomed to um, repeat it." If you don't remember what we went through with Marvel Avengers in twenty twenty, up until this point with last year when they finally closed it down, and we found out that they were they were trying to charge us three thousand dollars for one game, that's three thousand over three thousand dollars in content. This game is aiming to try to do the same thing. Still in plastic.
0: (laughs) Still in plastic. (laughs) Never played once. Still in plastic.
1: Well, to their credit, that story mode is really good and it is offline. So that was great. Cause be only because we had to demand it. We demanded because they were the deal was with Marvel Avengers is that they were originally and this was a practice that some companies were doing and they immediately shut that down because fans were demanding, no, we pay too much for this. We better be able to replay, we better have some replay value with the story campaign. And they were only going to allow us to play that story campaign once, and then we were just going to immediately go to uh, multiplayer, which it became repetitive and redundant after a while. Um, so they they acted like you know we were going to do it anyway. No, they yeah. weren't. Jump Force was another was one of the first games to do it, where you played the, the minuscule story campaign, and then after that you don't you're not able to play the game again unless you erase all your save um, data. Kill the Justice League is the same type of platform. Without the strategy, they know better by now, but they're still trying to go about it the way that they are. It's still online-reliant, which I'm not a big fan of. And they did say and speak out saying, like, we eventually will have an offline version of it. Well, when that happens, then I'll jump in. Because right. there's a lot to want to play this game. I mean, Kevin Conroy's last performance
0: is on hey, air. Samoa Samoa Joe is King's shark. That's the most beautiful I mean, part, that Kevin Conroy's yes. last performance as Batman might be tainted by greed. But they also claim that
1: they will preserve that performance and voice. We'll see. Um, I'll believe when I see it. And this is so sad because it's Rocksteady. That's These the guys, part that kills me. This isn't EA. <laughs> no, exactly. It's Rocksteady aka WB Games, which yep. has been the center of a lot of you know people's uh, anger lately.
0: Yep. Yeah. So no, I it's, mean, it's yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm. 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 I'm not jumping on it.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. I, I'm still undecided to be hundred uh, percent. I mean, not, well, you, I'm not jumping on it right now. Yeah. Let's put Do it like you that. Think that live service and subscription. I know we talked a little bit about this last week, but we never yeah. actually got into this conversation. Do you think mm-hmm. the live service and subscription is the future of gaming?
1: It better not be. And that's, you know, whose decision that is really ours. The it's consumers. not theirs. It's ours. It's ours. And if, as long as we keep shouting it out, which to credit to a lot of gamers out there, they have live services being shut down more and more because people are voicing that they don't want this. People are finally, you know, thinking themselves as consumers and not as fans because fans are naive. Consumers are not. And I think the more that we keep voicing out that and demand, we can demand whatever the hell we want because we're paying them and they have to make what we want supply and demand. It's just that simple. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I don't think it will be. It's like saying, well, VR take over. Well, VR has been trying to take over for quite some time and we have been jumping on that forever. You know, it's just, nobody wants to wear big ass gargles. (laughs) Uh, and, well, and
0: be immersed, but like you said, right? Like, like at the end of the day, the consumer decides what is the direction of things, and we decided that yeah. VR ain't it, right? Hopefully, hopefully, we can decide that live service ain't it. Um, no, is is GTA Six gonna be a live service game? It better not, because people will be that's, that's But people will be are dumb and They're gonna be pissed. playing, but they're gonna be playing, and that that game, if it's a live service game. Will determine the future of live service and subscriptions.
1: Very much because you see how much we seen the, the the huge outpour of that game. The trailer got it will have the same impact, if not bigger, if they even say that this is like you know online reliant only and live service only. It Look, Rockstar, don't be rock steady. <laughs> be the other rock. Yep. <laughs> okay, just don't
0: do it, man. Yep. 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 That that's exactly it. That's all I can say. That whatever I, that I, I, I did not think this was the game that you were going to talk about. <laughs> what game did you think I was going to talk about? Because I have something else. Do you talk know what today is, son? Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm bringing that up. I'm bringing that up. You notice how we oh, go from good to bad? We always finish on a good spot. I hate finishing on a bad spot, unless it's relationship. Unless it's the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Tekken Eight
1: in just less than six hours, Eastern Standard Time in my part, it will be released. I cannot wait. You know what? You know what's so dope? Real quick, shout out to my therapist <laughs> because he's he just so happens to be a gamer too. Nice. And at the end of our session today, we were like, "All right, you have a good weekend." Because I'm just waiting. Right, I'm just counting down before Tekken today. We just we geeked out for a little more for a week. Awesome, awesome find people find your therapist you can find a therapist great for you you got one that's a gamer and anime fan you're going to rock <laughs> but i am so excited cuz i'm you know my genre is always fighting games and i played the beta of this or the demo of this and i was highly impressed i was impressed as i was with street fighter 6 when it, when i was playing the beta there and um man i when this is done when i'm finished with this i'm going to do a you know, comparison of, you know, that Mortal Kombat 1 and, you know, Street Fighter 6 and see which one I enjoyed the most out of that. It's crazy. But this one looks like it's going to be good.
0: Eight months. We got. Yeah. Those three games with sequels. It's amazing. Just amazing.
1: You know, it's so crazy. I just if only if I find out that this game is like this more superior to two, I'm like, if this game would have came out in 2023, my goodness, that would have changed everything.
0: Yeah. I'm excited, man! I'm so excited. Yep. Yeah. No, I'm. Re- I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I th- that game I will buy uh, probably next week. Uh, the mm-hmm. the this the next few days. I'm just so swamped. Not even gonna bother buying anything.
1: It's a big uh, week. This is a big weekend alone. So I. I you, yeah, I get it.
0: Yeah. Tons to do. Uh, tons to play. Tons to watch here on our side. I'm just going through stuff. Um, bu, 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 bu. Wait, so um much Netflix News. Netflix, Netflix I was about Netflix, to say Netflix, Masters of the Netflix. Universe Revolution is out now. I'm really looking forward to that. that that's what I'm gonna <laughs> watch when my workday ends.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so much. So little time.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm Um, you know, I have still I still haven't even finished Echo. God bless you. I
1: like look, I I can't speak for most people, but I enjoy that series. Yeah. I I really I really enjoyed it for what it was. And you gotta remember a lot of these movies, a lot of these projects that have come out, all of this stuff was being filmed during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So so if there was any blemish or errors that you may find, you gotta give them slack. (laughs) Right. But for the most part, I, I enjoyed echo. And oh, apparently yeah. other people did, too, because it got it got a lot of um, good reviews out of it, it's mostly mostly just from not just from her performances and how they've, um, you know, written the stories, but just also um, or rewritten it, I should say, because she has different powers from the comics. But also, of course, you know, Vincent D'Alfreo, who's just been on a ball lately this year in different and like I've just seen him in three different films in the course of like a month.
0: He is just awesome. Yep oh yeah 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 that's gonna be good you watch Godzilla minus one right shut up I did not yet <laughs> Same here. and
1: it's funny too because I got um in New York Comic Con they gave they gave away fans for um Godzilla minus and I'm looking at it, I'm like oh you know what I forgot about that movie it is playing it, I just don't have the time and I'm just waiting for them to put it on digital because I want I've heard so many good things
0: about this uh, movie I this weekend Friday Saturday Sunday they're uh, re-releasing it in theaters because it's the black and white Black version. and white, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: They're doing the Logan thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how you know when. It, that's how you know when something's that good. They're gonna put it in black and white. <laughs> and people accept it.
0: And people accept it, right? Like,
1: well, it, I, I, I mean, I can't even imagine because my experience with Godzilla movies hasn't been that great. Um, with the exception of the recent ones when they added Kong to it. Um, but the ones before that involve um.
0: What is Patrick his name? Broderick? Walter White from uh,
1: from uh breaking oh, bad that one Brian yeah. Cranston. Yeah. And remember, I, I think I mentioned this before where like yeah. I watched that film. I was like I, this was writing Brian Cranston's height of his career, and then all of a sudden they killed him in tw- within twenty minutes in the show, in the movie, and our entire crowd just the air just
0: went out. How do you think <laughs> Teen Girls felt watching the fifth element and having Luke Perry on for six minutes?
1: <laughs> there you go, this is exactly a great example. <laughs>
0: Or, and from that point, or Drew Barrymore with Scream. Remember this original Scream? Yeah, um, trailers, posters. Yep. Drew Barrymore was featured. Babe. Her being yep. the first kill was such a huge deal. <laughs> Spoiler I mean, alert! But in this <laughs>
1: case, in this case, but at least those movies were good after the fact. That Godzilla movie, it was so boring, and it was you know like what, what two is. and two and a half hours long.
0: Yeah. And then you know
1: the, the action, the when the action finally movies. came, though, it was like five minutes.
0: It was a Godzilla movie that dealt with everything around Godzilla, as opposed to the kaiju itself. Exactly.
1: It was like, y'all trying to do the Walking Dead type of narrative, and it, it just did it wrong. But even yeah. further, the part, the part that really killed me with that movie is at the very end. Because after all the collateral damage that Godzilla did, the people of that, I don't know if it was Japan or whatever like that, but the people Stanford, in that town... Stanford was it yeah. see there you go they 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 gentrified godzilla <laughs> basically basically again. Uh, yeah again exactly but basically they were cheering for him even though they just stomped on my house to have my kids or my family in here so like that and yeah like what am i why are we cheering you you don't you're you're homeless <laughs> what is going on here
0: yeah that's exactly it. that's one of the things about the MCU that I did appreciate, but I wish they got into a little deeper. was kind of like the after effects of the Avengers. Like, do you really like them or what? Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, especially and we, we see this in subsequent stories like Spider-Man Homecoming. Right. Yeah. Like the effects of the heroes and how they left the city and shit like that.
1: Well, no, well we actually did. No, we did see that. Like Falcon and a Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's had what that I mean. type of aftermath I mean. narrative. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Pete, yeah. Peter did have it too. Who else? Um, oh, Nick Fury.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Nick Fury in um in uh Secret uh, Invasion. He yeah. he was still tripping out over the fact that he was blipped.
0: Yeah, always forget. Always forget about Secret Invasion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, so yeah, they do. They have to some extent, and some people like Thor. Just like it's another day for him, but <laughs> um. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy too, because Gamora is no longer around, and he had to deal he had to deal with that aspect. So yeah. they do cover their ground.
0: Yeah, yeah that, that, but that's what I'm saying is the MCU does a good job of doing that. That's one thing I yeah. appreciate about the MCU. Um, who is before we get to wrestling again? I have to ask you the <laughs> million dollar question. I don't think I've ever asked this of you. Who is mm-hmm. the definitive Robin for you?
1: Damn, that's a good question.
0: no i'm just kidding (laughs) i'm talking about like actual comic book robin not actor the the definitive oh for me oh
1: for me oh i mean shout out to dick grayson you know you got to give him his respect
0: yeah you see it's funny i think people i say dick grayson because uh, i read started reading comic books so young he's the OG. I, i read them as my brother read them right yeah um it's funny because Damian Wayne has essentially turned into the know? essential Robin nowadays. Well, here's
1: the thing. I said, give Dick Grayson his respect and his flowers. But if you talk about my favorite or best Robin Damien, Damien is both like, it's like if Batman and Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z had a kid, <laughs> he is just so pompous. But at the same time, he's he's way more aware and alert than I think any of the Ramas have been. Isn't that and basically he's probably, what Trunks?
0: He, is
1: <laughs> no, but Trunks not a Trunks is not a little d bag, though. Like Trunks is like still night east. No, no, he is oh, hold not. On. He's never <laughs> been. I I know my Dragon I know, Ball I know, Lord. I know, I know. <laughs> he's never been like Damien. He's never been like um entitled. You
0: okay. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah.
1: But Damien comes off like he is well prepared because of his training from the shadows and from Batman to some extent. And and uh, Talia, I, he, who better to be Batman once he actually gets his mind right? I felt that, like he he, he, he he that was the thing. He's like Robin will always be Robin or Nightwing to that extent. But he felt like he could never fill the shoes. Damien is he is assertive and confident enough to fill those shoes. You know who I feel That's what I for? love about him.
0: Stephanie Let's say it again? Brown. Stephanie Brown. I feel bad for Stephanie Brown. People always forget about Stephanie Brown.
1: Uh no, yeah, that is true. <laughs> but it is. I mean, Damien's just he's so appealing because of his you know, his character. And I love the Super Sons. <laughs> yeah. I love those two together.
0: Tim Drake. Air. Eh. Air. Eh. Tim Drake is probably the most Qualified in regards to mindset and IQ and things like that,
1: but he doesn't come off like he wants to be the next Batman. He just wanted that's, to be the next
0: Robin. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's why. He so I mean, I'm that, and that's what he wants Red. to do. It's fine, Jason. That's a whole nother story, Jason. <laughs> Jason, I I love the how hated Jason Todd was when the comics were coming out. Like so much so, we I, I don't think a lot of people realize that when mm. Death in the Family was happening. We Truth. had the choice of whether Jason Todd was dead <laughs> or alive. There was a vote. I remember a this fan vote, maybe as legitimate as Cyber Sunday, but there was a fan <laughs> vote and everyone wanted Jason Todd dead.
1: Oh, those to- Those are the times. <laughs> I mean, technically he was, but they the twist was crazy. I love and by the, fact the way you know,
0: that yeah. it took so many years for that twist to happen.
1: Yeah, which that's awesome though. But and not only that, um, as, as far as animated movies, Batman movies, um the Red Hood movie is one of my favorites. Or oh, if you're Oh, it is oh, it's so awesome. That's so good.
0: <laughs> that is my favorite one. By far, yeah, my favorite one. Um, and, uh, Dark Knight Returns.
1: <coughs> yeah, that, yeah. I think mine's is, Dark Knight Returns is dope. Part one and part two. They, um, that Um, that was dope. But also, um, Batman, Superman, Apocalypse.
0: That one's great.
1: that one I think great. that one spearheaded the future of how DC animation and their fight scenes and all the stuff would have gone from there. Cause they, they looked at Dragon Ball Z and was like, oh, we need to do this. And that last scene with Superman and Apocalypse was Unbelievable!
0: Yeah, it's crazy how DC understands their animated properties so much more than anything. Not else. their live action. Not their live action.
1: <laughs> oh well, that in their prime time. Yeah, got to give credit to prime time.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So if we were to rate the Robins, it would be Dick Grayson number one. Yeah, Damian absolutely. Wayne number two. That's that, that's one two. Maybe even one A, one B. Right? Okay. Yeah. Jason Todd, Tim Drake, Stephanie Brown. Who would who's, who's next? Wait, what other te- what other Robins were there?
1: I mean, I didn't remember, I'm not that big of a I'm not big of a DC oh, guy no, no. like that, but
0: I know out of Tim Drake, Stephanie Brown. Um and oh, Jason. Tim Todd, Drake goes, who would you I put think third? Tim Drake I think Tim J- Tim Drake to me goes number three. Okay.
1: Because right. he was more dedicated of being a Robin. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jason Todd just, he went through his stuff and like he he couldn't even think of himself as Robin anymore because he felt so he felt so betrayed.
0: Dude just wanted his mom. Dude just wanted his mom. Yeah. Jason true. Todd <laughs> or Stephanie Brown? I Unfortunately, I gotta say
1: um, Jason Todd over Stephanie Brown. There you go. He's just, his story just... I mean, that, that his death and then his resurgence was just... It's it's legendary, yeah. It just it, it just can't be denied. No no offense to Steph, but like it is what it is.
0: Yep, exactly. There you go. So Dick Grayson, Damian Wayne, uh, Tim Drake, Jason Todd, Stephanie Brown. Yeah, that's my Robins. lineup. <laughs> that's the definitive lineup. You heard it here first. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, the reason why I bring like, that up is because I saw this article talking about why Damian Wayne is the best Robin. And I'm like, is he? Is he really?
1: I mean, it's arguable. It is very arguable. But it's like, it, I mean, this is one of those situations where it's like, Jordan is the greatest of all time, but you got, but LeBron has come and, and, and you know, done what he's done. But if LeBron does get over on Jordan, you can't, it's like, it's not, not a, it's not a slight on Jordan. It's just eventually somebody's going to supersede the other person, but you're still going to remember what that person, the mark that that person made. And, you know, to, um, Dick is the OG. You Like, you can't, you can't deny him. You will never forget him, you know? And then when he became, you know, Nightwing, he kind of just furthered his brand. Yeah. <laughs> to
0: that case. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. All right, Dax, let us talk to him. AEW Dynamite from January the 24th. Uh, real quick, man. This was, okay, you said the, you, you, you summed up this episode best. I'm going to give full credit to you so you can say it here.
1: This was the equivalent of a anime filler episode. Like total contrast from last week. Um, it started off hot and it just like Peter. petered off along with the audience, along with the atmosphere, the ambiance, the merch table, everything. We
0: even had a random <laughs> boss fight at the end.
1: <laughs> exactly. The concession stand dried up. There was no more beer. It's just like, my God.
0: Yeah. What was going on this week? I, and, uh, attendance is reportedly under 2,000 people. So I, could you not you tell? You can hear it. You could hear, well, it right
1: hear it. I, did I not say when I texted you yesterday, I'm like, look behind the announcer's yeah. table. It was darker than dark, and being at an AEW event. Now, no, granted, Philly was uh, Philly was like filled to the brim at the Lady Center still. when it was there, but you can see when a dark when it's like extra dark. Here's the thing:
0: <laughs> AEW they couldn't find an angle that showed enough people for commercial breaks they and couldn't. stuff like that. That they had to show the roof.
1: Yeah, exactly. So they were just like. I think they were moving like Harcam to some extent. And then they were just constantly moving. Like, I almost feel like they wish they were in Daly's place again.
0: Yeah. It was a tough, it, this was a weird episode. Like it, you summed it up best, honestly. And that's exactly what it felt like. It felt like a filler episode. And look, there there's, there's positives and negatives to having your pay-per-view spaced out. But AEW gets in this groove when there's a pay-per-view, a large gap between pay-per-views. We get a lot of these random episodes and that's exactly what this felt like. Uh, so let's just get straight to it. Samoa Joe comes out and he says that this is a night of celebration. He re- he reiterates that all opportunities need to be earned from here on out. Joe says that once they face him, it would be the worst night of their life. Hook comes out. He has a microphone in hand and all he says is you won. I lost Gets into Joe so he can whisper some sweet little nothings and says that sometime somewhere he's gonna face him again. Joe then says maybe, but then demands security to take him out of the ring.
1: Which is hilarious, mind you. <laughs> so but it all yeah.
0: Go, because uh, negative. All right. Positive I mean, negative. The good
1: part is the good part is they followed up with last week. And mm. it kept it kept the steam going with hook. I don't think they need it ish yeah I don't think they have had necessarily a needed to do these security like I hate when they sacrifice security I hate when I hate referee bumps and I hate security sacrificial lamps um because it's done too much and it's like what are they protecting I don't you know what what are you hired for if you can't handle one dude like so it just it just makes it it comes off very goofy yeah like very Popeye-ish, if you will
0: yeah yeah i i still think that they 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 should have ridden the momentum of hook and done something with hook but that's it
1: yeah i mean I, but it, for what it's worth it was still a great it was still a really heated segment and people were into it for the time being so it, it you know i think it, it worked to it to its effect yep i don't know <sighs>
0: I don't know. I, I think they had such great momentum with hook that they really should have continued. I understand that he's not in line right now, uh, but they should have had something. They should have given him something, should have given him something,
1: anything like what do what your fantasy booking idea. What it would have been a match.
0: Just the match against anyone of, of, of some repute.
1: Okay. Yeah. And I honestly, they probably would have hyped the crowd up even more.
0: Yeah, exactly. I agree. <laughs> Yep. All right. Uh, where am I? Uh, sorry. So, so yeah, that happened. And then we get led right into the first match of the night, which was Penta El Cero Miedo against hangman T a page. I thought this was a really
1: fun match. Um, this was, they were, these two were on point. Uh, I think this was probably one of the best matches of the night. Uh, probably the only good match to be honest, if I remember correctly, but, um, they did a great job. They flowed. I thought they flowed really well with each other. Um, Hangman flipping off, you know, and landing on his feet was just crazy from that height. Um, I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, this match was good. I like this match a lot. This is by uh, bookend, the bookending of of, of of AEW Dynamite. Uh, this match was good, right? And again, it continues the forward story of the fact that Hangman is in contention. And uh, and man Samoa Joe is so good on commentary.
1: He is, I mean, he, he. I mean, we talked about like people like CM Punk, um, you know, being all around, you know, you know, performer in this sense. Yeah, we don't talk about Joe as well. And Joe, is many times, even in WWE, has been great on um, on commentary and great in the ring and just all around. I mean, this is why he's he's getting the opportunities that he's getting now. And what I loved about this commentary because I had I was just waiting to see how he was going to react to Taz during this whole entire time. And it seemed like they were just, they had a mutual respect. And I kind of like that, that they went about it that way. Cause it could have easily just say like, you know, Joe could have antagonized Taz that he beat, you know, Dale, but it was like, these two are, they, they have, you know, a past and they have mutual respect for what goes on in the ring. It actually makes more sense that they didn't have any, you know, heated issues about that. And hopefully that will continue that way.
0: Yep, exactly, exactly, it's it's ridiculous, Uh, and I hope that that's what they continue doing, I hope that that's what they uh, want to do, and in terms of, you know, offense, I like the fact that Penta kind of had the middle of the match, but ultimately, Paige sends Penta to the outside, connects with the moonsault, Uh, Penta's back in the ring, and Paige set up for a buckshot, Penta evades it, that doesn't matter, because Paige hits a clothesline and a buckshot, for the win after the match, Paige stares right into Samoa Joe, and he says he's going to take his title.
1: Lo- I loved it. This was honestly, to me, this was the
0: highlight of the show, match wise. Yep, same. the The main event had a different aura to it, and we'll talk about yeah. that when we get to. It. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: right. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: All right, international champion Orange Cassidy is with Renee Paquette and is asked about facing Roderick Strong at AEW Revolution. Cassidy says he would have wrestled strong last week, but it has to wait for six weeks. Cassidy says that in between then and now, he's going to keep wrestling and defending his title. And then Cassidy says that he will wrestle on collision. Dax, are we getting some to some attitude, uh, from Orange Cassidy, it, like we've been seeing some like a different side of Orange Cassidy the past few weeks.
1: He's he's more assertive. He's more aggressive. He's more pepped up than usual, uh, even for him. And uh, yeah, we're seeing some significant changes. And I think we'll see what happens once the inevitable comes.
0: The inevitable being
1: him losing that title to Roderick Strong. Yeah, and seeing what happens. Who like is it going to be him? Is it going to be Trent? because he's all Trent's also in a mix of you know having some issues too
0: is there a multiverse and is this the world (laughs) you know earth 69 as I like to call it where Uh, yeah I want to be a part of that world (laughs) (laughs) where Orange Cassidy turns heel
1: I I would love to honestly maybe I'm a, a minority in this in more ways than one but I feel like (laughs) I feel like I would (laughs) honor a Hill Orange Cassidy. I would love to see it. I mean, we've already, people have already doubted him before in terms of him being a box office success or like a a person that people will like support and cheer for and him having really great matches. Let's see what he could do. I think he could do the same thing that he's doing now, but just a little bit edgier. I wouldn't mind it. I would I would see cuz it would be something different.
0: Yeah, exactly. I just want to see a different side of him and that's what this ultimately comes down to, right? Maybe this um uh kind of evolves the character.
1: That, that that's the point? Yeah, exactly. So, um he could still be kind of chill but kind of like shady at the same time. And you know what I mean, every once in a while he just go blazing out. And then goes back into the form.
0: Yep. Speaking of douchebags with attitude, Alex Marvez catches up with the young Bucks who were asked about their plans and they noted that backstage morale was through the roof. Which is kind of funny because I'm and we'll talk about this. Uh, between yeah. this interview and another interview on this show. Um, huh? Yeah, it big I have questions. The Bucks uh, Matthew and Nicholas said that they were there to make sure the show runs smoothly as EVPs. Top Flight walks by, and the Bucks warn them that they're going to get fined if they're late again. And they're not dressed properly. They should be dressed to fight. Top Flight noted that they've been there all day.
1: You seem like, we've been here since one o'clock. What are you talking about? <laughs> and if I was them, I would I would, I would, file for, um, you know, harassment from HR at yes, this point. work grievance.
0: Work grievance.
1: Call Ben Crump on him.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Call the N- double, uh, NAACP or whatever like that. Or <laughs> <laughs> don't mess with don't mess with the top don't mess with top flight
0: or someone private get the party. Reverend, someone get the Reverend Al Sharpton on this. There you go. Don't <laughs> mess with the boys. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, let's talk about this. Cause you and I talked about this uh a little bit last week. We talked mm-hmm. about this offline during our, our sweet little nothing text to each other. version of the Bucks I love when the Bucks lean into being Dicks because you know If the internet wrestling community thinks That's what they are, if the internet wrestling community hates them Dude, lean into it And that's what I love about this, the fact that they're not only Leaning into their dickish attitude But Mm -hmm. they're leading into A thorn on Everyone's side and that is them Being executive vice presidents
1: What I love about it too is Like you said, um, it reminds me when I read their book and they this is not the first time they've done this, you know. When they, they, they leaned into it before, you know, when they were in the indie scene, uh, when they were doing when they were um, not shaking hands and all that stuff. So I love that they're doing this because I think they finally remembered why they are who they are and why it would get led them to this situation. So going back into the well in that sense, but you know, tweaking it a bit is a great idea. And I think this is gonna really piss off a lot of fans,
0: yeah. Exactly. And and then and you know, whether fans like it or not, they're gonna keep the the ones that are still watching, they're buying into it at this point, right? So yeah. there's that's that's lean into it. They're fine. Warlow. Yeah with the king with the undisputed kingdom versus Trent Beretta with Orange Cassidy, Rocky Romero, and good old Chuck Taylor.
1: Yeah, it was what it was. I will say this. I I do like the fact that um Warlow was using the last rights yeah, I think it's perfect for him. He's not. I, I really we got tired of him doing the uh, the entire thing. Just one big boom, and my God, look! I'm sorry. I know they're professionals. I can't see how they can be slamming on the boards as hard as he did. Trent hit that ring hard with that damn power bomb. It was. I I, I would lose my I would lose I would lose my entire breath. Yeah, I was going to say, there's
2: <laughs>
0: no way he wasn't winded by that. Oh, my God. It was my goodness. Yep. So, yeah. Warlow wins to no one's surprise. After the match, Orange Cassidy, Rock Romero, and Chuck Taylor check on Trent. Undisputed King era. uh, Look on. And Trent is very frustrated to continue the storyline that Trent Beretta might be leaving best friends.
1: Which I think is great. And uh, you need you need wrestlers to be frustrated every once in a while. They need to sh- show this type of you got to remember this is a sport that they're supposed to be doing. You know what? what I'm saying? This is not a this is not a theatrical stage even though it is a theatrical stage. It is a ring that they're competing with and if they lose they need to you know feel like, you know, it's and again, there's there's going to be this ongoing debate about what whether, you know, the, the the rank the ranking system. But from storyline wise, the ranking system should make people feel bad about their performances if they don't make it up that rank yep. and if done right this time it should make sense into the story
0: if 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 what, what's that famous thing if uh uh
1: i know what you i know what you're gonna say but i forgot it <laughs> i i forget it
0: anyways all right so then we get a video package hyping the main event between adam copeland and minoru suzuki uh, the only good thing about this video package is the fact that we understand the motivation of Adam Copeland wanting to face Minoru Suzuki. So this match is important to Adam Copeland. But at no time throughout here and the main event, do we know why Minoru Suzuki matters? Why Murder Grandpa matters? It's yeah. They've done this so often. They've never properly introduced Minoru Suzuki to the audience. And bringing in these, these 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 New Japan guys. Fantastic. Audience doesn't care. Cool. Yeah. You're bringing um, in... You're you're has right. you're there, was there ever, you're, has you're there ever been in, a video in, package? No, not for Suzuki. You bring in Yuji Nagata. Fantastic. I don't give a shit.
1: Right. I mean, come on. I mean, for us who are in the know, that's Blue Justice. He's legend. You know what I mean? what We need to and again i think this is the misconception of tony just thinking that he's catering to the hardcore and not catering to the the casual fans that are that may actually be watching this and i think that's one of the biggest things that i don't like that he does that i feel like i got to give wwe credit for because they really cater they really lean on and cater to their casual fan base a lot um and so a lot of times i've noticed they reintroduce people and they you know their packages is a lot better when it comes to stuff like this so yeah this is one of the things that i think tony needs to learn big time if he really wants to stay afoot
0: yep you gotta introduce people properly wwe doesn't get this right a lot but have you noticed ever since you started re-watching especially like the newer call-ups from nxt oh before yeah. matches between matches there's always a video
1: yeah yeah and I'm grateful for it because I do remember they used to do it back when I was watching. But it's good to know that they're still doing it to an extent um, because they I think and I do think it is by design that they do that. They did this immediately when day one came, because certain people will probably be coming back with the news that certain people were gone. So they knew that they were getting new new face, new faces into their product again. Again, especially with Tony Khan owning Ring of Honor and Ring of Honor was really good at respecting their guests you know wrestlers that are coming in like all the all japan guys all the new japan guys and stuff like that um i wish al simpkin was there or at least you know gabe sapolsky for god's sake because this would have been a whole different type of ball game in terms of like really showcasing their talent and stuff like that so yeah i agree
0: yep exactly um but we'll see we'll see i don't know it's something that really frustrates me with AEW, um, and 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 you know, like I hate nitpicking, but this yeah. is I think a fair nitpick. Anyways, let's go from something they, bad. They,
1: they, affect, they affect it overall. Yes, I agree, and I would love to debate you on it, but I can't.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, I know you love to you love to debate me, and I love our conversations that we always have offline. Like it's it's, it's uh, you keep me on my I like toes. To an, I like
1: I like to put another perspective, but not from a contrarian sense, yeah. but just like. A possible, like, you know, but what about this philosophical, more or less, more no. more than contrarian.
0: <sighs> I'm contrarian just to piss people off on purpose. Like I used to do that to Matt Edder You the you're, do, you're time. the problem
1: with the internet right now, man. Go
0: home. <laughs> but I <laughs> I do it from a place of love.
1: No, that, that's always the excuse. I don't want to hear that crap. <laughs> nah, no, so anybody listening, believe the crap that he's talking about is <laughs> <laughs> place for uh. love. Place, place of love. A bone out with love.
0: some crap like that. <laughs> Why do you think I'm in sales? <laughs> How about that? And engineering sales, like the most. Anyways, Renee Paquette introduces Diana Perazzo and AEW Women's World Champion.
1: Oh, uh, highlight Renee number two. <laughs> right. I'll let you do. I'll let you go ahead because I'll just make a mention afterward. But lead on.
0: Uh, murame and Lutha. Are there? Storm broke up the body shaming that Peraza faced and said that there's much more to shame her about. Storm acknowledges that they have history, but says that doesn't give her the right to demand a title shot. Storm notes that Peraza may be the best technical wrestler in the world, but she will twist Peraza's lips so hard she'll need an epidural.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I swear she just comes out of that on the tip of her tongue sometimes. She, she just ad a lives. lot.
0: That's I feel like she just ad
1: <laughs> okay. Here's what we won't do right now. We will not address the Diana Deanna Parrazzo thing that's going on online. No. Respect. And double standard remind you, when we have a heavyweight champion, a male heavyweight champion of certain stature as well, and I damn sure know you ain't going to say anything to his face. So respect to the queen and she is awesome. I'll just leave it at that. But... You missed out the the significant part of this of this um, segment of them doing the two tone filters.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> with, yeah, yeah, with exactly. the high
1: hell. <laughs> I thought that was clever as all hell. I thought that was brilliant.
0: It's the details. These details are so good. I know there are some people who hated it for some reason, um, but I loved the two filters live on camera on screen it was done so freaking well and it was and it came out of nowhere too it's like renee paquette <laughs> sat in the middle i really wish that, that was the one detail i wish she could have been like two face you know what's funny because that
1: she would have played right into that
0: too yeah that's the she would have
1: played right into that but you know it for what it, for what it was it was really well done and, and maybe, they did a really great job, and I like that, that. I also like the fact that they are implementing some real world stuff into it somehow, and it, it assimilates really good into it. So it was, I thought it was dope.
0: I like how they're playing off the fact they go, so they're letting Tony Storm do her thing, right? But yeah, if you remember, this whole timeless thing started because she was basically going crazy. So the, yes. I like how they're falling back on that and Deanna Perrazzo's speech here kind of alluded to like what the fuck so Perrazzo says she came to AEW to be champion and has no issues with earning a title shot Perrazzo then says that this version of Tony Storm isn't the one she wants to face Perrazzo says she wants to wrestle the Storm she used to know she says that that version of Storm was one of the best in the world. Prazzo tells Storm to find that version. Perazzo brings up the fact that they have matching tattoos. But this angers Tony Storm and she throws her shoe at Perazzo. Perrazzo tackles her, locks in an arm bar. Mariah May made the save, but Perazzo high kicks Lutha as Storm runs away. Perazzo stands tall as she holds a title over her head
1: loved the segment really loved it um yeah the the the, the reality thing and i love the fact that diana is playing the moment of clarity to her and i don't know what this is going to lead to i hope honestly i don't want her to change
0: (laughs) it's too early it's way too early way Way too early. early
1: Wait, like honestly, I'm it might we might need a year, of another like a year or so of this before they go back. Like, don't rush this, don't rush her, um, her comeback as you know, the Tony Storm that we know because it's just way too good.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Honestly, she reminds me of like a uh, Batman, the animated series villain, for some reason. Yeah, no, you're
1: absolutely right. That's exactly how she's playing. It is exactly that type of theme, that noir type of you know. You know theme and character
0: agreed yeah i love it love it one of the best segments of the show which leads us into this and i'm just going to play it because i do want to talk a little bit about this so i'm just going to hit uh i'll play it
2: boom since you first heard the words blackpool combat club do you know how many matches we've won how many championships i don't keep track but trust me it is a lot do you know how many victory parties we've had Zero. See, we don't spend a lot of time patting each other on the back, having victory parties. You know why? We don't have the time. Because there's always another match around the corner. There's always a bigger threat, a bigger challenge, a bigger mountain to climb around the corner. And that's what it takes to be the best, a commitment to be the best, to be elite. Know what elite means? It's the name of the company, right? Maybe look it up in the dictionary. A lot of people come here. And they don't know what it means from the start. They think it's all just a big party. Well, the party's over. In 2024, personally, I will maim and pulverize and torture anybody who can't get with the program and keep up every time I step into that ring. I will give everything of myself. When I step into the ring in Savannah, Georgia, this Friday night, I will cut my heart out and leave it in the middle of the mat to bleed out if I have to, if that's what it takes to give every single bit of my heart and soul to the people who pay their hard-earned money to watch what's supposed to be the best wrestling show in the world i'm gonna do it every single time
0: was this a promo for the audience or the back
1: hey i it it, it reeks of the back Mm -hmm. it reeks of the back but he's you know it's it's like a parent which in a lot of ways he is Telling us that our kids will not will um you know, they would get their act together. Yep. And if any of them give me any look, I will tear your ass up. Yep. <laughs> that's that's pretty much the just of what I just heard.
0: Yep, that's exactly it. Between this and the whole morale talk from the young bucks, I feel like there's yep. a lot of messages being told to the wrestlers in the back. Right.
1: But that that again, this is with the whole night kind of the vibe, the morale yeah. vibe in the night and i think he took it upon himself he took he took liberties giving it a time and doing it very well mind you because you don't know whether it really is but if it is it may he made it to into a promo of what's to come um it just it just adds on to my theory of why this night this filler episode was a filler episode yep
0: Taya valkyrie reintroduces herself and johnny tv back to tv uh, they said they are the most TV-ready couple in AEW, and she, she says she knows the Virtuosa very well and puts out a challenge to her.
1: I just now realized who they were because I wasn't looking at them directly. Mm. <laughs> I just heard a voice, but I was just, you know, prospectively, I was just like, I was somewhere else at the time. On You know, while still watching the screen, but I just, you know... <laughs> Oh, okay. That was them. Interesting. Yeah, was
0: them. Yep. <laughs> it leads us to a match that made me sad to watch, where Strickland versus Jeff Hardy. Yeah, yeah. We we text each other on this one, dude. <sighs> Just, <sighs> Matt Hardy. At this point, at what point is it Tony Khan that needs to tell Matt, dude, I love you, but
1: I love you and I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, he, I feel like he's torturing himself, putting himself through all these bumps. And that, that's, that's swanton. The minute he did that, swanton, I text you, I'm like, that just looked absolutely painful.
0: Everything he did, it seemed so slow and okay. I'm not, okay. That's fine. But it seemed like it was hurting him so much. I've never seen yeah. a wrestler help him. How many times did Swerve Strickland lift up his legs or get in position or mm-hmm. you know, like just walk him through the match? Like, it, this was, man, like, it was. this one was tough. This one was really tough to watch. Is
1: there anything that he can't do aside from just being in the ring? Like, they can't find anything for him?
0: Right? That's the thing. Like, there's got to be something that he can do on camera that will keep him safe. But wrestling, in my opinion, ain't it.
1: Matt? can do other things i mean we've seen them be able to do other things as well but i don't know man like just protect protect the legends please yep and this company
0: Swerve hits a flatliner. He hits a delayed vertical sloop- suplex. He climbs the ropes, hits the swerve stomp for the win. And backstage, Renee Paquette is with hangman Adam Page, and they talk about his perfect record in 2024. Swerve Strickland interrupts, and the two argue, and they're ready to go to blows, but Renee Paquette stops them as she announces that they get to choose each other's opponents next week on Dynamite. Who do you think they're going to pick for each other? Honestly? Um, if Hangman doesn't, f- here's the thing: Hangman should face someone like Warlow. He should, but you but know he's that's not going to give Warlow an L, right? Yeah, unless that's the plan to give Hangman the L. Um, and I can see who did Swerve Strickland lose in the Continental Classic to against. It'll be one of those people. Uh, Jay White. There we go.
1: That's a good uh, That's a good idea. I never thought about that. you Can easily do that. So and get his and get his win back from that mm-hmm. too, yep. Especially because aren't they aren't they rivaling with uh with swerves uh,
0: dudes too? Yeah, that, that's exactly it. Wow! It writes itself. That's... four. <laughs> <laughs> um, another match that was a little difficult to watch: Thunder Rosa versus Red Velvet, and
1: not by default of Red Velvet, mind you, um, you know, and I'm I'm more patient than other people. I've realized it's, you know, they don't have a facility, a PC for them to train in and get, you know, warmed up and adjusted again. But, you know, yeah, it's unfortunate. She's it's going to is hopefully it's going to take her time to get the kinks out. But right now, it's just yeah, she's getting wins where people think that she doesn't deserve to get these wins. Yeah. And it's hard for me to argue that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Rosa teaches that she teases that she wants the AEW Women's Championship. This then leads us into Darby, Allen, and Sting. Darby says that Sting has had an impact on his career since 2015. Allen says that seeing Sting not being able to end his career on his terms that night inspired him for how he goes about each and every single night. He then recalls that in 2020, he sparred with Sting and knew Sting was back for good. Allen then says that since the rankings are back... And they are undefeated. They want a title shot. Alan asks Sting if he wants to finish his career as a champion. Sting, in so many words, says that he's all in. The Bucks, that were watching and doing hard EVP work while this was happening.
1: You know, you don't need a crystal the ball to predict the obvious. We talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago. It looks like it's happening. So title change and then title change. You know, which yeah. is I feel great. bad
0: for Starks and Big Bill because like they did nothing to deserve this, right? Like,
1: no, no, no. I don't. Th- I don't think it's a punishment thing for no, me. No, not a punishment, think, but like, what's I think next? for what it's worth, for the amount of t- for the amount of time that they had it, they did some really. I mean, it's been a few months with them with those titles, right? Mm-hmm. I think they did fairly well. I-, I-, I don't mind. I mean, it didn't feel like transitional to me. Um, and they won at times when we thought they were gonna lose. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're a makeshift tag team, let's be real. They weren't really a no. tag team, tag team, but they were a makeshift tag team. They somehow made it work for what it was worth. And um, you know, of all the people to lose to, why not stay?
0: Yeah, exactly. For this case. Yeah. All right, backstage champions, Ricky Starks and Big Bill accept the challenge, and Starks says Sting won't even make it to AEW Revolution. This match is going to happen in two weeks. Talking about rankings and earning title shots, you might as well. This is what gets to me about AEW. You have to (laughs) earn your spot. You have to win. Rankings are back. The former ROH six-man tag team champions, Mogul Embassy, face and get a title shot against the AEW World Trio's champions, the acclaimed and daddy ass. Explain to me the logic behind this. I guess that the, the six man titles don't count. That's in this, that's in the trails, right? titles like, don't count. All night you're drilling us with rankings, rankings, earning your spot. And you have people who literally just lost their belts getting mm-hmm. a title shot. So, this, this like, I'm not saying any, like, from a logical point of view, if you're going to be putting this is the whole thing, if you're going to be pushing rankings. It needs to make sense.
1: And it's not easy to do either. No way, so, not.
0: That's exactly it. I
1: mean, here's, the, here's, here's my theory. Isn't there, can there be an algorithm or some type of system, a Excel sheet, something that can help them keep track of this stuff to hmm. know who's going to go up and down?
0: I bet you in the internet, I'm going to look for this. I bet you there's someone who's good at math who can figure this out with an algorithm, with an Excel sheet, with something so easily.
1: I mean, I know how to I know how to do formulas in Excel, but I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> but um yeah, because I, I feel like a lot of times when they do the ranking, it's from from their head, which is not the best place to do it. And you get convoluted with a lot of stuff every so often in in, in your head, especially when it comes to trying to book a, a show. So, I can understand it, but, like, finding a system that, you know, uh, you know, uh, computer-wise would help this greatly. Like, I yep. still don't even know how WWE uh, 2K's uh, ranking work.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Anyways, <laughs> Cage, what happens here? All right. Khan has a chair. Jay White stops him. The guns powerbomb Nana through a table. How dare they? Cage was dropped from behind uh, by Bowen's leg drop. Followed by a fame asser, a rival, and a mic drop, which at least, at least that made Cage look strong. But yeah. your champions are still the acclaimed and daddy ass.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean it was it was a good it was an okay match. I mean I didn't think the only thing I highlight I took highlight from is I actually love the Bullet Club Golds new entrance and themes music. That's the only thing I can really take out of this match because. Everything else was just like, eh, it was just there.
0: Yep, Sarena back on Collision. That's actually great for the women's division. Let, let's yeah. quickly talk about the main event: Adam Copeland versus Manuru Suzuki. You know, the, I was most interested in seeing how Adam Copeland would <laughs> stand up to Suzuki and that yes. style. He's never. That
1: was the story. It, that was yeah. the story right there. Exactly. Like he, I don't. To my knowledge, he's never faced. Uh, has he faced uh, Shinsuke Nakamura? No. Okay. Then this is his first real experience with a strong-style caliber wrestler. And I joked and said, like, look, the minute his elbow connects to uh, to Copeland's jaw, he's going to think he's Gangrel. Yeah. <laughs> his mouth is going to be bleeding like crazy. Yeah. It,
0: <laughs>
2: He'll it, it knock sure him right back to the
0: attitude era. Even he even did the um, what is it called the uh the the, 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 the his DDT the uh, the Gangrel DDT.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I the mean, Taylor to to, to credit, he hanged. He did. I was very surprised. I mean, and it's funny. I, I hate this because I shouldn't be surprised because he's he's a high level caliber talent but japan strong style's a whole new different beast and yeah. not everybody can hang
0: <laughs> all right combined total age of 105 years in this match mm. damn <laughs> right Jesus. that makes me appreciate it a little more i i yeah. liked the match a lot i did i really did i did for what it for what it was when I'm,
1: at the when time I'm watching it was it's like, yeah.
0: both of these guys are over 50
1: yeah it's insane, insane. But yeah, they they managed to impress me. I, I was very impressed with this match. Yep. All right. More Adam more Copeland.
0: more Copeland than
1: anything, of course.
0: Yeah. Adam Copeland hits Suzuki with an unprotected turnbuckle and hits the kill switch for the win. Gets on the mic and essentially reminds everyone that he's still going after Christian Cage. And that is the show.
1: Well, that and like he's never been hit this
0: hard ever, yeah. and that is a, that is believable.
1: Yeah. yeah. So one of the things I wanted to point out Real quick before we end Is that they announced Saturday's Collision lineup
0: One You're of which about something.
1: This is when I'm on your side Of things when it comes to Tony Khan And one of the things I didn't want this company to be Was a WWE You know copycat And I'm starting to see a little bit of that every so often now, and it's starting to piss me off because I see it in every single promotion that tries to rival. We've seen it with TNA and all this stuff, and I'm seeing it here. They're doing a cage match, which I was cool with because I love cage matches. And then this week, it's all of a sudden, it's a escape the cage type of cage, style cage match. I hate those style of cage matches. It, I never liked them in WWE. I always hated them. They made no sense to me. Um, and now he's taking from them. Why? <laughs> Why did this make... Help me make sense of
0: this. I don't know. I can't. I, I honestly can't. I thought they hated each other. I thought they want to kick each other's ass. But no, you just got to run away from your opponent to win. That's my Maybe point. That's, I, yeah, and it's... If it was a heel, a sneaky heel like a like a like a Ricky Starks, perfect. Yeah. That's or a or perfect Prisnana. way to win. But when or it's prison when it's six guys who want to kick each other's ass, Can
1: you imagine if that was like blood and guts, right? Escape <laughs> the cage and win. After everybody gets in, you gotta you gotta run away out.
0: Don't give them ideas.
1: <laughs> That'd be like the worst thing since the reverse battle royal. But <laughs> let me let me just go ahead yeah let me just say um one thing which i actually forgot so you might as well go ahead
0: (laughs) tell people where they can find your other work
1: well this i will remember and that is acmg presents talk time live which is my podcast that caters to all things anime comics movies and games go to talktimelive.com you can check out all of our audio episodes our video exclusives with tom Hewlett and many, many more in the world of anime and comics and movies and games and much, much more. Do that and talktomlive.com and wherever you listen to podcasts. Awesome. Dax, as
0: always, thank you so much for joining me here on this show. And just remember that here on Sunday night's main event, we have a busy lineup of things still to come. We have the smack daddies. Uh, We have uh, Steve Swift's Portland review. They're always fun to listen to. And then, you know, you just go and watch the actual episode. You can find everything on YouTube the way that he does. Uh, We have an MLW review already up from the reload show uh, this past weekend, which looked pretty good good uh like i mentioned smack Daddies are on friday eric with the impactful show as we lead into the weekend and the weekend is full of a lot of stuff royal rumble watch party at peaches bar downtown toronto come by we will have an after party where we turn things over to you and get your feedback myself dax and andre are going to be hosting that one and we might have some special guests we'll see and then the main show on sunday where i am joined by chris van vliet for almost the entire hour as we chat the world of pro wrestling and we're gonna get into some pretty pretty interesting topics i can guarantee you that thanks so much for listening we'll be back next week here on all elite geekly and remember stay tranquilo